Hello. The on button means you will hear me. Welcome, guys. We're really glad that, that you all are here. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the campus pastor of Church in the Valley, Alhambra. I'm executive pastor of Church in the Valley kind of as a whole. And uh, if you're new to, to Church in the Valley, we have uh, two locations here in Diamond Bar and in Alhambra that's been going for about uh, three and a half years. So I spend most of my time there. Uh, but every once in a while, Randy and I rotate so we can kind of stay connected uh, to what's going on in each campus. So it's a pleasure to, to be here uh, with all of you. And today I'm continuing uh, the message series that Randy started uh, two weeks ago called Everyday Missionary. And we're talking really about what the role is of a Christian as they go about their life uh, outside of these walls of of church. And the series before this, we we talked about Sundays, what we do at Church in the Valley from week to week and why we do them. And this series is really, well, what are we supposed to be doing and what are we supposed to be giving our resources and time and energy to once we leave here at church? Because a Christ follower comes to church and comes and gathers as a group, but we're really supposed to be people that are sent out. And that is what a missionary means. It's one who is sent out uh, from God. And so every Christian is actually a missionary. It doesn't necessarily mean that you travel to far off places. Uh, Wherever we go, our job is to to be sent from God. And he sends us to the relationships we have in our family, the relationships we have at work, in our neighborhoods, as we relate to our kids. These are all the environments and the atmospheres that that we are supposed to be uh, missionaries to. And so the last couple weeks we've been talking about what what that means. And so I just want to briefly highlight where we've been, uh, just in case that you've missed uh, any of the messages. And if you have missed messages and you miss it on Sunday and you think, I'd really like to know, you can always go to our website at churchnevi.com and you can catch up by listening online. If you've never used that resource, that's a helpful way to catch up uh, from week to week. But the first week we talked about how a missionary, a Christian missionary is sent with the secret things of God. And most people, as they experience creation and they go out in nature and they see the beautiful hillside like we have right here, uh, they have a sense of there's a God that exists. Uh, Most people have some belief that there's a greater power out there. But according to the scriptures, people actually need to be told not just that there's a God, but that he has a purpose for their lives. So an everyday missionary is telling them the secret things of God, which is the mystery of who Jesus is and how turning to him really allows us to live the life that God wants us to live. Uh, Being a missionary is something that you actually do need to tell people what it means to be a Christian and how they can do that. People can't just kind of go about their lives and just kind of intuit that. It's something that we are supposed to tell people about. And that's what we talked about the first week. Uh, Last week, we talked about the importance of perspective of us for them. And Christ followers are a group that's put together uh, through Jesus Christ. In fact, the scriptures call us brothers and sisters. And there's a sense in which we're supposed to be this Christian family that God's put together for all those who follow Jesus. As you guys know, that sometimes the problem with family is you can be in the family, but if you're out of the family, you can, you can feel excluded. And so to be a missionary, an effective missionary, our role is to actually not think in terms of us as Christians all the time, but how can we bridge the gap between us as Christ followers to them who have not yet decided to follow Christ. And many times we can live our lives in isolation 
And God has come and sent Jesus so that isolation would be something that, that he actually takes care of. He wants us to move past the feeling of being kind of on our own to connecting to the group of Christians that, that he brings along your path. And so there's this role of the church to always want to be include people. And so today we're going to talk a little bit more about perspective, but also more about the how-to. What does it actually mean to be this type of everyday missionary? Because it's helpful to know that we have the secrets that we need to share, and it's helpful to know that it can't just be about us, but what are we actually supposed to do? So today's message is really more of a how-to, and I want to start with a passage that Randy talked about last week. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, but it kind of sets the perspective and objective for us as everyday missionaries. And if you're not a Christ follower yet, of course, because it is us for them, we, we want you to kind of learn about this so you get a picture of what it means to be a Christian. And one of the great things about, about God is he actually meets every single one of us where we're at. So as, if you're kind of deciding whether this Christianity thing is real, we want to give you a picture of this is what it means to, to kind of live your life for God and, and his purposes. So as you're doing this, we hope that this kind of helps you kind of have some benchmarks for what that means and still feel free to investigate and, and ask questions. And so we're glad you're here if, if you are investigating. But in Acts 1-8, we get this, this command to, to be a witness. And that's really where I want to start this morning. An everyday missionary is a witness uh, to the world. That's really our primary role is to be this, this witness to the world that, that God has, has placed us in. Whether it's the city we live, the neighborhood we're in, the family we have, he's placed us to be a witness. And Randy spent some time last week talking about what a witness is supposed to be. Someone who sacrifices their preferences, sacrifices their time and and resources to help other people learn what it means to follow Jesus Christ. And and this was the the command that the early Christians were, were given. It says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we want to talk about the rest of the time is what does that mean to be this witness, these types of witnesses in in our world? What does that actually look like? And I want to kind of open it up to what the scriptures in various places give, like the three components of what a witness is supposed to be. Okay, and this kind of helps at least me personally, and I'm sure it will help you. What does that mean we're supposed to do? Because if you're like me, when I think of a witness, the one category I have is like court cases. When I watch shows or I've been on a jury before and witnesses are called and they come in and they sit in a box and they're asked questions and then they leave. And that's kind of my own understanding of of a witness. But in in the scriptures, it's actually a lot more than that specific to the message that that God has us with. And so here's the three components of what it means to be a Christian witness for, for Jesus Christ. The first is a Christ follower is actually commanded to show the people around them what it means to be a Christian. Our, our duty is actually, actually to, to show people that Jesus makes a difference in everyday life. Our approach here at Church in the Valley is as you've come on Sundays and you've heard messages One of the primary goals we have is we want you to have a picture of what it means to live for God in the different facets of your life. So what does it mean to be an employee? What does it mean to be a boss? What does it mean to be a parent? What does it mean to be a child? 
What does it mean to, to, to love and serve? And what does that look like? Because there is a power in how we show people we're Christians far more often than, than what we just say. And so showing others is, is something that is so crucial to being an effective witness. Uh, for example, if you're a boss and how you treat your employees, if you're a boss that your employees know is a Christian, how you treat them, the grace that you extend, even the way that you exhibit justice, how you handle the situations and conflict, uh, your employees are, are getting a picture of what it means to be a Christian. Now, the flip side of that is if you are an employee and you have a boss that is hard to follow and it's difficult to listen to and it's difficult to follow through with how you respond to your boss and the attitude that you have, you're showing what it means to be a Christian. And there just comes some pause for me personally where I, I have a cringe moment where I think, oh, no, that that's actually serious because there's times in my life where I choose an attitude and I choose an action that I know that's actually really not the way that God wants me to handle myself in a situation. But one thing that's helped me is just realizing that, that I'm, I'm always on display. There's never a moment in which people aren't looking and evaluating what it means to be a Christ follower. And so it happens in, in the workplace. It also happens in family life. Uh, if you have kids and you're a Christ follower and your kids are not yet Christians yet, they're looking at you and they see how mom and dad relate and how they handle conflict and do they make it right and what happens when things go wrong and things are kind of all messed up and how do, how do mom and dad treat each other? And then how are they treated from mom and dad? And you can see all these things compound for this picture of this is what it means to be a witness. So it happens in workplace, it happens in family life, all the different facets of life that where we're sent, we have an opportunity to show. And that show connects to the other two that I'm going to talk about, which the second component of being a witness is to, to actually tell. And I just crack up because every time I say it, it's like show and tell. Remember that? Like back in the day, remember? Yeah, show and tell. But that's, that's how it is to be a witness. We show through our actions, through our attitude. This is what's real. But then we also have to tell because, again, the secret things of God are a mystery to those who don't yet believe. And since people can't just intuit the way of salvation, since they can't just make it up, Romans says that they actually, to be saved, somebody needs to be told. They can't just kind of gather all these pieces and just connect the dots. They need the picture. And so our role is, is to, to tell them these secrets, the fact that, that things are messed up because of sin. But even though that is the case, it can be made right as you pursue Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. What does it mean to tell people the message of what it means to be a Christian? But showing and telling, those go hand in hand. The third aspect of, of being this witness as an everyday missionary is, is actually to bring it's to bring people. And that's where this kind of connects thought to the, the overall message we're going to be talking about today, which is the team effort. And that is that God wants us to be everyday missionaries who are not isolated people doing life by themselves. But in fact, we're people that connect with other people who are Christ followers. And we're these everyday missionaries together. There's this strength in the team effort that, that God has wired things to work. But when we bring others, it's connecting the people from our life and our world to each other's world and each other's lives. 
And here I want to kind of take a backdrop to kind of some things that we do at Church in the Valley, which are designed to help you bring people to church. Matt just explained the sweet life flyer. I'll give you kind of this behind the curtain. Every year we plan out kind of what we're going to talk about message wise for a whole year in advance. And we look at the different seasons of life. We look at different felt needs in the church. We look at topics that seem that people need help help with. And then also we want to like, what is, what does the word of God have to say? And so we're always looking at what the scriptures say and, and what does he want the church to hear? But every so often we have series that we, we call attract series. And if you want to know what an attract series is most of the time here at church in the Valley, if there's a flyer in your program, that's an attract series that's designed from us saying that we think people who are not Christians or are new to Christianity or maybe have never been to church, they may be interested in coming and hearing more about this topic. So the sweet life is one of those opportunities to bring others. That's why we have flyers, because flyers are a great, great way to invite people to church. And so that, those are just one natural way, just connected to what we talk about on Sundays. Now, for some people who are far from God and maybe not interested in things that are Christian, the thought of coming to church is, is such a wide gap that they're just not ready to do that. So there's other things that we design in church life as well to help you in, invite people to. That's why we do things like harvest parties and, and we do picnics and we do Christmas services and we have kids singing because all this is a picture of this is what the church does. This is a group of people who love God. And at the same time, we, we love others. We love people. And so there's always these opportunities that we have as a church to constantly be thinking, how can I bring people to church? How can I invite them? And how can I show them that it's real? And how can I tell them the difference that Jesus has made in my own life? And so this show and tell and bring work all together. Now, I don't know about you, but anytime you, you use the word missionary, does anyone's stress level go up a little bit? Right. We have this picture of, of a missionary and we have a picture of people that it's usually like missionaries are those people, meaning they're not me. They're a them. And when we hear it, we have a picture in our head of what a missionary is. And most of the time, it's not like that's what I wanted to be when I grow up. And even if you're not, you know, you're OK with missionary, it's maybe a positive image. The thought of actually being a missionary for God in your world, that that can that can raise a lot of anxiety. I know it can for me. And fear and stress and that thought of I'm trying to figure out my work and I'm trying to figure out my family and I'm trying to figure out my finances. I'm trying to figure out all the things in my life and adding missionary to that seems like that's not just like a little thing that can seem like big and difficult and hard to comprehend. So I kind of want to talk about the reality of that, but how, again, we're not supposed to be missionaries who show and tell and bring alone. We're actually supposed to be people who do that within the church together as a team. So that's what I want to spend the rest of our time looking at. As we're witnesses, how does God want us to do this uh, together? And so I want to start with some examples of how missionaries work together in a team uh, in the New Testament. And I'm not going to go over these scriptures in depth, but you have the references. And I encourage you, uh, it's on your, your program, you can look at where those references are. I encourage you. If you have a Bible or you have a phone, you can look it up on your phone. There's a way for you to just read kind of the, the context of, 
of these teams working together. But if you could imagine for all these teams, uh, this was the early church. Christianity had been founded. Jesus had come and said, you are to be my witnesses to all the earth. And you're going to start right where you are. And then in the book of Acts, we get a picture of what this actually meant. And it actually started with Jesus himself sending out a team. But if you could imagine, Jesus had come, he'd lived life, he died on the cross, he'd rose again. And he said, this is the way to God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this is what you're supposed to share to people. You can imagine this was brand new. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know that Christianity was going to spread. They didn't know how they were going to be received. They knew they were going to be persecuted. So all these things were happening. And, and, and Jesus says, but you will be, you know, my witnesses. And so I just want to kind of give you snapshots of, of how that began. So you could see a picture of this team effort working together. Uh, it starts actually with Jesus sending out. This is like the first mission team that you see. And he sends out the 70 in, in Luke 10. And he sends them out in pairs. So right there, it's very interesting. Jesus himself sent out teams, but he did not send them by themselves. He sent them in in pairs. You can imagine that was so they could really encourage each other, look out for each other, and make sure that they're they're kind of staying the course together. Uh, There's also examples of Peter and John. These are Jesus' disciples in in Acts 3 and 4. Peter was the high-energy never missed an opportunity to speak uh, to a group of people. And you have John who was maybe more the introvert and he was the example and and showing people like this is what it means and kind of connecting some of the dots. And so you see Peter and John working together. This is early Christianity. Uh, Paul and Barnabas and John Mark, another team that you see in Acts 13, uh, they were sent out by a church that had been started. So you get this picture. Okay, we we need to be on mission and let's go out together to do this. You see it in Paul and Silas, Barnabas and John Mark in in Acts 15. This is actually a team that became two teams and this idea of multiplying. Uh, People were encouragers. People were teachers. And in these accounts, it's not just that the team effort, but that God uses different people working together to reach people. And if you've ever thought about being a missionary, one of the things that we kind of deal with a lot is like, I don't have what it takes. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. If they ask me questions, I don't know how to answer it. But when you're in a team, what tends to happen is God puts you together with people who have strengths that counter your weaknesses and you have strengths which counter theirs. And this is what was happening all in the New Testament. And then you see it, Paul and Timothy. Uh, This was a team, but also a training relationship when we're on mission together and we're trying to help people come to know Christ. You actually can can grow with those people because you're stepping out in faith and in courage. It takes a lot of courage to share with people the difference that Jesus makes. Especially in today's culture and day where everyone can kind of have their own opinion about everything and everyone can believe everything and it all works together. As a missionary, we've been given the secret things, the truth about God and, and our own condition. And so the unity of the team helps us to actually share that. And then Paul, you see him sending a teammate as well in Philippians 2. And so all these accounts, again, you could read these uh, scripture references. It's helpful uh, to just kind of see that the context of, of how these work together. Now, this isn't just to give you like a, a history, a church history lesson. But it is helpful to see that when we talk about being on mission as a team, 
this isn't just something that's like a new idea, like a new strategy. It's actually the way that we're supposed to work together. And so there is an effectiveness that comes about working together as a team that that happens more than if we're just isolated and by ourselves. And so I want to kind of shift gears and talk about what's the value of this team effort. The reason this is important is as you're coming around Church in the Valley and and you may be really involved and you've been involved for a long time, and, and this is not necessarily something new. But if you're newer to Church in the Valley and you're kind of trying to figure out what, what this church is all about, this is actually the center of, of what we want to do. We want to be people who are learning to love God and learning to live for him. And then we want to be people that are teaming up with others who are trying to do the same to help those who have not yet come to know Christ come to know him. Because that's the mission God's given us. And that's so important to everything that we do. And so it's easy to kind of get caught in our own worlds and to be distracted and to be overwhelmed by life that this can kind of get just an afterthought. I know it can for me. But this is the reminder. This is what it's all about. This is, this is the sweet life. Helping people who don't yet know Jesus come to find a relationship with him. That's the sweet life, seeing that happen. And so I want to talk a little bit about the value of the team effort. And these are just kind of what God does and how he uses the team uh, to, to help us be on mission, to be these everyday missionaries. So as we team up together, one of the things you find in the scripture that, that we get is if there's prayer support. Now, if you've been following Jesus and you have changed your life because of that, which that's what he does as we follow him, he, he actually changes our life. And sometimes the change is quick and sudden. And other times it's like he's just changed and it's changed and it's been a slow process over many years. But one of the the opportunities we have is we we can share with people the, the change that he's made in us, why we are the people that we are. That's when we explain why we do what we do. And so the goal is for people as they're interacting with Christians to be like, you're you're different, but not in like a you're different in a weird way. But you're, you're different. There's something different about you, the way you handle yourself. So this is kind of the showing how it kind of comes up. But to share the difference that Jesus made makes, again, it, it takes a lot of courage. But when you have people that are praying for you, then you, you have this support that, that can fortify you, that can give you strength that, that you can't get anywhere else, not just from your own belief or your own skill or understanding. It comes from the power of God. And Paul who I've just referenced as these mission teams. He was a big part of these mission teams. He was a big part of writing the New Testament, and he's a big part of starting, helping start the Christian movement. Uh, he, he knew this value of a team effort. He, he worked within a team. And he says this about the importance of prayer in Colossians 4. He says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word. So he's saying, pray that we have opportunities to share with people in our life. Everywhere that we're going, pray for these opportunities. And the opportunities for what? And he explains later. To declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. So he's actually writing this in prison. And he's referencing the secrets of God that we'll have an opportunity to share these secrets. How 
to turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Pray that we'll have opportunities to do that and that we'll be able to proclaim it to others. And then he goes on, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. So in, in that, those two verses, you see this, this kind of perspective. I need people praying for, for me that I'll have opportunities to share. I'll have people praying for me that as I share, the right things will come out. And as I share, that it will be clear. People will get a clear picture, an accurate picture of what it means to be a Christian. And as people pray for you, there's opportunities that happen because of that. Christianity is, is active. Prayer is real. It's not rote. It's not just supposed to be repetitious. It's actually something that as we pray for something specific to happen, God comes through. And there's times when we speak where we can share things and realize, like, I have no idea if that made sense to this person that I'm sharing with, the difference it means to be a Christ follower. And then when you talk to the person, like, yeah, that makes complete sense. That's when you know there's a God. Because you opened your mouth and you're like, that just, that didn't even make sense to me and it's my life. That's happened to me so many times. But God, he, he, he works. And he opens people's ears to hear. And so we have this prayer that we can do as a team here at Church in the Valley. Like we can pray for each other for these opportunities. We can pray for clarity. And we can pray that we'll actually be able to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, the second that you get in the team is, is encouragement. And you find this in Philippians 1. Again, this is Paul writing. And he says, And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Now, this is kind of one of those situations where the picture of missionary in our head can be extreme. And here Paul's he's lived it. He was a missionary that actually lost his life and before that was in prison for his faith. So he experienced persecution. He made the ultimate sacrifice. But it's interesting, his perspective in prison, how he's using it as this is a motivator. So he's saying is this, this is actually something that God is using. God is using my situation to give boldness. And so as he shared his faith and as he was persecuted and he was imprisoned, it actually didn't build the new Christians with, with fear. It was actually the opposite. They, they had courage. They saw the example of Paul and, and wanted to follow in his footsteps. I don't know about you, but if you've had somebody in your life that shares with people about Jesus and has boldness, there's something about that person that would, it, it pulls you forward. And that's actually what the Christian life is about. When you set an example and when you step out in faith, whatever it is, whether it's in evangelism or it's whether it's just doing the hard thing, doing the right thing. When somebody does that around you, God uses that person and it, it pulls you forward. The same is true in sharing our faith. That's what Paul's saying. I'm imprisoned. I've lost my freedom. I've paid the price. And instead of everyone turning away, people have courage. And so one of the ways I think about this is one of our biggest fears of being a missionary is, is usually rejection. Right? If I'm being real, it's most of the time we are so concerned with what people will think of us. We become that person, whatever that person is in our life. 
So we're, we're filled with fear. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to be seen as just strange. Uh, we don't want to be that kind of person that, you know, no one wants to listen to. But what Paul's saying is even in the rejection, even if you did something and people did look at you like that, it has this strength that, that God can use, even in your failure. And so when you think about it like that, it actually takes away. I could really be laughed at. I could be made fun of. I could be not taken seriously because of my faith. And that usually is the very thing that makes me not want to share. But what Paul's saying here is actually that's the very thing that can encourage others to do the same. So it's really interesting. That's part of the team. And when we team up with other people to actually do it together and connecting our friends with their friends and, and looking for those opportunities, there's this encouragement. We're, we're going to do this. We're going we're to do this together. And then the third aspect of the value of teaming up is the message is reinforced by the witness of the body. The witness of the body is a, a biblical term that, that really talks about the church in action. It's the picture of the church. And here at Church in the Valley, if you've ever moved or helped people move, that's part of the witness of the body. Uh, we have, through the years, established a pretty solid moving crew. It's not an LLC or an official company. But there is a Church in the Valley moving crew, which is if, if you need help moving, people will show up and they're going to work hard. And they're going to do it quickly and they're going to do it well. And so many times with my own moves and the other moves that I've been a part of, people come and say, who are these people? Like, is your family huge? Like, how many brothers and sisters do you have? And I actually had people said, I, I moved last week and all I had was my friend. And I, I guilted him into doing it. You know, he had one person. But the reason that, that we help each other move is not just because people need help. We're called to serve and to help people, but it also is, is a part of the witness that we, we help each other. We look out for each other. And God uses that, and people can see. And so through the years, just in things like moving, people get this picture of there's a group here that sacrificed their time for other people. That's not normal. And they're not even related. I mean, most of the time people sacrifice for others, but it's like, it's your family. Like, you kind of have to if you're going to show up at Christmas and eat food with them, right? It's like, we're obligated. But Christianity is actually, there's an obligation, but it's totally in freedom. It's, it's counterintuitive. It's a sense of we are brothers and sisters together because of Jesus Christ. And we work together because we actually know we should. And it's right. And after we do it over time, we want to. And what God does in the midst of this, he gives opportunities for people to see this in action. In Acts 4.13, uh, this is kind of an interesting account. This is one of my favorite verses in the book of Acts. And it says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, so these outsiders and people who are not yet Christians are seeing Peter and John. Again, these are the two that were sent on a team. Big part of the early church as well, and establishing it. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. 
And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Now, there's quite a few like components to this verse. But it's they're seeing these two men that that seem extraordinary. And then as they thought about it more, this account is saying they're actually not really as smart as the smartest people I know. In fact, they're, they're common. It's, it's like they're 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 normal. Now, I don't know about you, but like to be a life verse, like I hope I get around people and they just say, man, that guy is uneducated and common. Put that on a bumper sticker, right? That's not really a life goal. But the point of this is saying that there is nothing special within them that could account for doing what they were doing. And these outsiders and these people who had not yet decided to follow Jesus are seeing this and saying, there is something different. They have boldness and courage. And that word astonished, that, that shows that this was, this was a big deal. And it might have started like, what is, what is up with these guys? What is going on? You can imagine they're, they're, they're acting and they're proclaiming who Jesus is and they're standing for their faith and they're not backing down and they're saying this is what life is all about. This is the most important thing. There's nothing more important than following Jesus. So people are astonished. Wow, they're bold. They're speaking the truth. And in the last part, of it, they recognize that they had been with Jesus. That's the witness of the body. Saying that these are, are Christians. Now, in our day and age, Christian also can have a negative connotation. Where though we can be those people too. But as we're telling and bringing and showing, as we're working together as a team, there's a thing in which that maybe the, the, the presupposition somebody has or just this, this generalization people have towards Christians, it gets shifted. They can see, well, th- th- these people are real. Now, in this day and age, they knew like they had been with Jesus. They had hung out with him because they're a lot like he was. In our day and age, that people don't have a reference point for that. But it might even be that these people, they actually do what they say. And they're kind. And they serve. And they love each other. And so you see all the things that we can do to treat each other and to treat those around us. But God uses that to work together. And so this, that's the witness of the body, the, the opportunity. And then you get the, the prayer support and you get the encouragement. All this works together. I just want to briefly share just an opportunity of how this happened in in my life. Because some of the time, when we talk about being a missionary, we think like I have to like totally overhaul and change my entire life. And there may be some major things that you need to shift. But oftentimes, it's, it's just minor tweaks that we need to make. It's not a complete overhaul. It doesn't mean you need to move. It doesn't mean that you have to dress differently. Uh, you know, or, or kind of do some crazy things. It actually is, is with the opportunities that, that are before you. And so a couple weeks ago, I was meeting with a guy at my house, and I was walking uh, him to his truck, and it was about 10, 10 at night. And we were just talking about life and hanging out. And as I walked him to his truck, one of my neighbors pulled out in their SUV, and I just heard this, like, crazy sound of a tire 
And I'm not a car guy, but like I know when a tire doesn't sound right, squishy, you know, like, ah, and I, I think it's a tire problem. It's flat. You know, I think it's flat. That's about like I can see and say that's what it is. And so this neighbor pulls out and then he, he kind of pulls back in because he realizes he has, he has a flat. And it's, it's a nice SUV, and, and he starts talking with his girlfriend, and I realize, like, he doesn't know, like, how to change his tire. So I'm walking my friend to his truck, and the whole time I'm thinking, that's a bummer. <laughs> and I don't think he knows how to change it. And that's a bummer. And I got, like, about halfway to my friend's car, and I, and I just... Turn around and I said, hey, looks like you got a flat. <laughs> Real helpful and all. And, uh, the, you know, they begin to talk. Yeah. And, and long story short, it's we start like seeing, you know, where's the spare tire for life of us? We can't figure out where the spare tire is. So I'm like, this is this is not going well. Finally, we figure it out. And and then as we get on more and more, we realize like they they, they just don't know how to change a tire. And the important part of a team is that the buddy I was with is really good at changing tires. If it would have been me, I would have been probably a little bit more like, hey, like I've got AAA. Right. That's why I have it. And my buddy just got down on the ground in his clothes, in the dirt and just started lowering the tire. And, you know, all this is happening and just this opportunity that I could not see coming. And it was like I knew in that, that moment where I needed a turn that it was just an opportunity to, to help. And so we just spent the next 30 minutes or so changing the tire. And they're holding their little flashlights. And we're, we're changing it. And I just decided, like, this is an opportunity where we're talking to these people. And so I just begin to explain that this is my buddy. We go to the same church together where we meet in Alhambra and start talking to them. And, and it wasn't this – I wasn't thinking at the moment, like, I got to get my missionary card out. Like it was just, it was an opportunity to serve. And this was the showing. And then part of the telling, it, it wasn't much. It was, we go to church together and here's the church. And I, I just wanted to identify Christ in a little way. I just met them for the first time. And that's all that happened. But in that moment, that was our role to be a missionary. We were able to show and tell just a little bit. But what happens over the course of a relationship is that that leads to other things. And so the, the other day, she went out of her way to say hello. I said, hi, good to see you. And that's, that's it. There's no miraculous, like, she's come to church and it's like the best thing in her life. No, she, she knows we help change a tire. We go to church together. That's all she knows. But those are the opportunities that God brings us to work together as a team. And I'm so glad because in that moment, as my friend is like getting down and changing the tire, I was like, God bless him. Because it would be a little bit more awkward if I did it. It would. I lifted the tire and I put the old one in the car. And then it got all the grease on my shirt and I was really frustrated. And this is all going on this whole time. And I'm just telling you, this is real. But in that moment, that was our opportunity to be missionaries. And that's how it works. And so I encourage you. To think through your world, and this whole time we've been talking about how you're a missionary in your world. And maybe the slight tweak you need to make is how can you include the people in your world that don't yet know Jesus 
with the people a part of Church in the Valley? What are ways that you can connect those worlds together? Because if this is true and God wants us to team together and God can use this witness of the body and encouragement and prayer, then there's something that, that he can do in the midst of that that may not happen if we're just trying to do it by ourselves. That might just be the slight tweak. How, how can I team up? How can I kind of let people know of opportunities? How can I let people know of, of ways to pray for me as I'm interacting with these people in my life? And it takes more forethought. And it takes more planning. And it takes more communication. But if this is real, if God wants us to team together, then there's something powerful and, and beautiful that he does as this body, this family he puts together shares the difference that Jesus makes. And so this is very active. This is not theoretical. We want you to experience this. If you're not your Christian, we want you to experience that this is real and you could see it. If you are a Christian, we want you to know it's real and, and you can live it out with others. So I just want to kind of have you take the time to, to think through that. I'm going to wrap up with some next steps. And these are just ways that you can kind of practically take some action steps uh, in your own life. And so Matt had you fill out the connection card. Uh, this is a way that you can participate now. If you pull out the connection card and finish filling that out, uh, there's some next steps on the back. And we're going to be receiving our offering. And you can drop that, that in there uh, as that comes by. But the first is... Pray that our church will be effective witnesses together this fall as we have different events like the message series and harvest party and Christmas. And as we have this, pray that that God will really use that to help us be these witnesses that I've described. And then the second is consider how to, to carve out the time to team up with others. How can you include people here in your life for the purpose of sharing Christ? With others, So it takes some time just to, to think it through. And if you're not yet a Christian and you've been hearing a little bit about what it means to be on mission and you just like more information uh, on the right hand side, there's a box where you could put send info about beginning a relationship with Jesus. Put that and we'll send you some information uh, that can clarify a little bit of, of what that means. So I encourage you to do that. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing a song back to God as we receive our offering. Let's pray. God, we, we thank you for the mission that you've given us. And uh, Christianity is, is active and it's not passive in any way. Uh, it's real and it includes our world. It includes every aspect of our life. And being on mission and being a missionary for you is, is really the greatest thing that we can be a part of. And so God, help us to see that as the opportunity that it is. And it's not a nuisance or an obstacle. And it's not something that should paralyze us with fear. But God, you give us power when we step out in faith to share with others the difference that you make as we invite and bring people to church and events and as we, uh, as we tell people uh, what it means to be a Christian. You work. And so God, help us to, to not go about this alone and to carve out the time to, to team up with those uh, that you've allowed our lives to, uh, to intersect with. And so we, we ask for your help as we do that, God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.